Welcome in. It's the BCJ podcast here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. No guests this week. I, I, that's been a challenge now, man. We set the bar so high with guests over the past month and a half that I, I almost feel bad like getting somebody that wouldn't live up to the standard of the, the Holy Grail BCJ podcast, Dave. Yeah, I mean, you we have a lot of – we've come to find out we have a lot of heavy hitters, a lot of good <laughs> – Good guests to choose from that are uh, thankfully eager to join us. Yes. Oh. I, I was looking at some football staff today. My understanding is they are uh, they are they are off this week. So uh, a lot of vacations going on. Yeah. And uh, far be it for me to uh, ask somebody to spend an hour of their vacation with us. No, I would tell you to to uh, go pound drop. <laughs> That's what you told me two weeks ago when you were on vacation. So. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to sit on my phone for an hour of my vacation. Right. So we are, uh, we are near the end of June. Things are starting to take shape. I, I don't know what direction this podcast is going to go. We're going we're gonna to work our way through it. Um, I've been keeping my ear to the ground on, on things and, and getting a feel for things. I, I think the one thing I still, uh, the, the most prominent message that I I'm getting is still, we're figuring this out every day. Um, which is not a surprise, right? No, I mean, and that's kind of like, I actually did some research for this podcast that might surprise you. Holy uh, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's like now that a lot of teams have started to report, you're getting these, obviously they're on, everybody's consuming them through Twitter. The various situations that make things look bad for school A or school B, but then I think there's also situations to look at that aren't getting talked about that are good in the whole scheme of this. Well, yeah, everybody wants to talk about the, the bad stuff, right? And that's, I, and that's I think we're, I mean, I'm not sure we're there yet, but I think we're, when it say, you know, for our, for our purposes, talking about college football or, you know, just sports in general, you know, some of our listeners might know some people, this might be their first one. I follow golf big time and, and I'll touch on what they've been doing a little bit. I think we're verging on to the point of we're just going to see how this goes. We're going to do yeah, the best absolutely. we can, and we're, we think we have the best protocols and systems in place, but we know that those might need to change. But we're going to go forward with this, and we know that – Kids are going to test positive. We know that that's going to happen. It's more of a matter of, okay, what do you do when that happens, not if that happens. And I think, personally, I think that's the right thing to do. Um, obviously, if something wild happens, you know, and it takes over an entire city or an entire campus, that changes things. But, you know, we're – All colleges are kind of different with their report date. I know we're basically a month away from NFL camp opening. So um, I think this stuff is just going to happen. 
and everybody's going to do the best they can and they're going to be adjustable and we're just going to kind of have to see how this goes because there's no playbook right i mean we know this whole thing started in march and everybody freaked out and then in april two months you know april may we kind of had a little bit better of an idea now we're may june we're getting towards the end of june you know and so we're kind of just writing playbooks so to speak on almost a weekly basis and you just don't know i mean yes practice is soon and games are technically soon but what can happen now until the first week of september could change things 180 degrees in either direction yeah there i mean from from asking around and and I've said this on the board, UC has been very um, careful, I guess is the proper word, and how they're handling uh, any information getting out about where they are at so far. Um, Everything I've heard from sources outside and around the program, uh, nobody inside the program is, is talking at the moment, which I get. I mean, like, um, from our standpoint, from America Journal standpoint, sure, we'd like information because that drives traffic to the site. My personal opinion is I really don't care because things change so fast. I want well, to know, know where you're at when practice is about to start. Right. Because, like LSU, you got 30 cases that they reported last week, not all football players, but the vast majority of them were because the dummies went to a nightclub in Baton Rouge. If you have that same 30, not the same people, but that same number a month from now, then you have a problem in how your, your what your practices and procedures are. Right. Right now, I don't, it doesn't really, like, everyone throws these tweets out, and, oh, my God, are we going to have football? Well, we don't need to have football right now. So if a bunch of kids get it, that, and they're typically asymptomatic, they should be okay in a month when practice starts. If they're not, and if you see, like, numbers along the same lines, then there's an issue. And that issue is more like how you're handling things from a university standpoint. So whether yeah, I UC think... says they have no cases or 10 cases today, to me, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I think what – and maybe I'll be wrong on this, but I think what we're seeing UC doing right now is, one, making sure – that they've got their own house in order as they're bringing the football team back to campus. My understanding is uh, from asking a few sources around town that the last group went through the process of returning today. Now there are still, you know, a couple outliers, um, a couple guys waiting uh, to, to officially graduate high school. Um, DR and McDonald who he got you. <laughs> a little bit. Um, he did complete the first step. He, he completed high school. Um, he's got a summer course he has to take before he arrives. Uh, if that goes well, um, I would expect him to hopefully be here sometime before the start of camp. Do we know if that is through his high school or through UC? I would imagine it's an online class. Most of the time, those summer classes, it, it wouldn't be anything through UC. Okay, I, um, I didn't know if it was. Most of the time, the summer classes are 
the NCAA has a couple um, online systems okay. that are approved. And if you need to – got the hiccups. Um, if you need to uh, redo something, you can do it through those, those online classes. I wish I had uh, that when I was in school. Yeah, no doubt. Redo something. <laughs> um, but, there, you know, there are a couple outliers. But right now, my understanding is somewhere between – these hiccups are going to drive me nuts. This has got to stop. Somewhere between 95, 98% of the football team is on campus. Um, just reading the tea leaves, if there was something bad or there was an outbreak that happened, we would have gotten wind of it. Sure. I mean, someone would have tweeted, some player would have been like, tweeted, damn, Corona taking over Clifton. Like, right. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so. One, I think they do, you know, in dealing with the team, I, I like, how do I phrase this? While what happened at LSU is terrible, I think it serves as a, a very um, easy to point out situation for everybody else in the country, right? I was thinking about that today. This is like the most all-in catchphrase season of all time. Like, yeah. Are you all in? Then stay home. Like, yeah. don't go out. See what happened there? 30, 30, whatever, players, staffers. I mean, a lot of these numbers are vague. They could be different athletes, not just football players. Could be staff members. But, like, that's in June. So, what? Ha so don't go out. Because if you guys don't take this seriously and you all go out – to celebrate being done with camp and 30 of you get sick and we don't, then you can't play the first two weeks of the season or something. Right. So it's the, it's like literally Under Armour's dream. It's the most all in season. <laughs> ever. Um, but I, I think what we'll see um, potentially, and it, it's hard to get a read on these things because these decisions that you see aren't being made at the, the athletic level. They're being made at the, the president's level. They're being made by um, Neville Pinto and the people in his office and not John Cunningham. Now, that's not to say the athletic department and the, the, the training and medical staff um, don't have input. Well, they're supplying the info. Yeah. And the higher-ups are making the decisions based off of that with their you know, input of what that info means. Hopefully what that leads to is something like we saw at Indiana. Where Indiana completed the return of their players and then released, this is where we're at. Now, I don't necessarily, and it might be, I don't, I don't know because they're not telling us. Um, hopefully it's, it's what Indiana released, which was we've tested 148 people. We have zero positive tests and uh, onward and upward, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's the hope. Right. Hold on. Hold on. What happened? But it, it's just a situation where it, it doesn't – there's no benefit really to, to jumping the gun. And No. And I, and I think, you know, and that's fine if that's the way Indiana did it. I mean, they very easily could have had someone in like the first wave test positive and then they – we're fine. And then they just said, we test everybody and 
everyone's fine now. I just find that, like, I I did a very rough breakdown of UC's roster, and these numbers probably aren't exactly accurate, and we know that, like, a lot of guys stayed back in Cincinnati. But just looking at UC's roster, I mean, you're talking about kids from 12 different states. You got roughly 30 kids from Cincinnati, 8 from Cleveland, 12 from Columbus, 11 from Dayton. You got Toledo, Akron, you know, it's not realistic to think that these kids are all going to show up and test and not one kid is, is not going to test positive. Knowing how kids are, knowing that it's been hard as can be for anyone to just sit in their house for this amount of time. It's summer. Right. You're, you're officially done with school. You want to see your friends before you go off to college. Like, and I don't blame any of them for any of that, but so, but that come, kind of comes back to my original point of like, it's the end of June. If a handful of kids test positive, okay, you isolate them and make sure that this doesn't become a repeating thing and kind of have to use other teams' examples like Kansas State shutting activities down or Houston shutting activities down. Right. Say, like, we can't let this happen. So, yes, while only five of you – tested positive and this stinks you're just gonna have to sit sit in your whatever dorm apartment wherever they put them until you test whatever however they determine it we know because you could test negative one day and test positive the next day and vice versa so i'm sure if someone tests positive they're getting they're getting multiple tests um you know days in a row to make sure it's consistent but you know, it just kind of, you know, I hate the saying, but it just kind of is what it is. And you just hope that everything they're doing is, is right. And we don't have a situation where these numbers, you know, continue at these schools weeks and weeks and weeks down the road. We'll get to that in a little bit because I, 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 I have a high level of concern about the AAC. What, because every school's in a metro area besides – ECU. Every school is in a metro area, that, and like eight of them are right now are hotspots. Which, maybe that changes over the next six weeks, but um, I don't exactly have the most, most faith in places like Florida and Texas and, and Louisiana right now. You mean, that, um, like, you mean that you don't have confidence that the Lazy River at UCF is not going to be packed the opening weekend of school? I'm, I'm, my, my confidence is waning. On, on some of these places. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the good news is what, what I do know, um, like I said, the, the fifth wave, there were five waves. Um, the fifth wave reported and, and checked in and everything today. So outside of a, a small number of stragglers, most of the team is here. My understanding is the ones that have gone through the process and been cleared, I don't know how many that is um, yet. But the ones that have gone through the process and been cleared are able to be back in the weight room. Um, I did some checking today on what exactly that means with voluntary workouts. Um, the NCAA and their, their infinite wisdom actually might have gotten this one right, um, even though you'll laugh when I explain it to you. Um, strength and conditioning coaches aren't technically really allowed to start working with the team until that was it July 15th or whatever 
when the yeah, there um, has there is always like a period where yeah, the, you get a couple weeks of you know strength and conditioning and uh, film study, and then you get a couple more weeks of strength and conditioning, film study, and walkthroughs, and then you get to start camp. Well, voluntary workouts for safety reasons the strength and conditioning coach is allowed to be there uh, to supervise and assist players with their voluntary workouts. Squat Fest 2020 Corona <laughs> version. My understanding is they're, they're, they're doing this in much smaller groups than normal, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, that's no surprise. Um, I would imagine they've got shifts running in and out of, of uh, the weight room pretty regularly um a shift of guys come through you clean you sanitize you run another shift of guys through you clean you sanitize uh so on and so forth so that that's kind of my understanding that brady collins and his staff are around um they're not you know obviously allowed to run it as a full workout sure Mm -hmm. um but they are there they are in the in the vicinity well, I mean, uh, if a player like needs to assist, needs this some could be assistance. an area where you know UC's urban, tight campus, you know, benefits them because you could theoretically, we obviously don't know. I mean, you could have a group in the weight room while you have a group on the practice field, while you have a group on Nippert, and you almost just kind of rotate. And you can do it in somewhat of a timely fashion where a lot of these yeah. schools, like your practice fields, nowhere near are not really that close to where you're getting geared up and where your weight room is and stuff like that. So it's definitely a possibility that they could have stations, so to speak. Yeah. And cleaning stuff in the weight room as guys are you know, moving from station to station. So my so far – it sounds like everything has gone uh, as well as expected, as well as possible. And for me, here's, here's kind of my – here was my gauge on that, right? I was told mm, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, that the freshmen were expected on campus June 25th. Well, they're already they, – some of them they got, got here today. Well before that. No, the, the, the four freshmen, the four main freshmen got here today. Oh, you're talking about basketball. Basketball, yeah. Okay. I, so, I, I, so here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. They weren't, from what I have understood throughout the process, they weren't going to, to move on to the next sport. If there was a problem with If the there was a way. problem with football. Football was the, the beginning of the case study, right? Sure, because if, if you bring all the football players back and there's like an LSU situation – Right. Why would, not you, bringing... why would you bring more people back? Just pause right. it. Let that right. work itself out because there's no rush to bring this next group of like end of fall winter sports back. Well, the, the practice gym isn't even open yet for basketball, Dave. Right. So uh, there, there, there's no specific rush to get the basketball team here. Right. So if you had a problem, then you just wait. But yeah. If you didn't have a problem, then if this was your date, then you'd stay with your, what your plan was. So the four freshmen arrived today. Victor Locken, obviously, traveling from Russia to the, the United States is, um, 
creates some some logistical issues, so he is not here yet. But the Madsen twins, they, they didn't Saunders, send a they didn't send a charter for him. No, the Madsen twins, Mike Saunders, Tari Eason, all arrived in Cincinnati today. Did you so see? Did you see Tari's them. mom's tweet? <laughs> no, their Airbnb is a, apparently a Xavier fan. She was oh, not boy. pleased. Oh boy, <laughs> you got you got to do a little bit more research than that. That she looks like she showed up and there was a big like Xavier something sign. Apparently she was running later. She said she would have uh, found a new another place. <laughs> um. So, if basketball is arriving, and I believe the the most of the members of the team now, obviously things are a little different with Keith and and Chris Vote. Um as they're pursuing their professional opportunities. Uh, David DeJulius is already in town. I have not heard a report date for uh, rap, but the majority, the rest of the team should be arriving this weekend. I believe that would put them in position to start voluntary workouts sometime next week. But that tells me everything's on schedule. Everything's and, and at that's least critical, right? Every, everything is at least manageable. Yes. Whether that means we're like 100% great, this we couldn't have dreamed that this was this is going as good as it's going, or it's like okay, we got this group over here that tested, but they're all asymptomatic and they're already on like day whatever, and we're we're fine. Like we we have that under control. They're understanding. Like we're doing everything we're supposed to do. So let's keep doing, you know, let's keep to our schedule. Yes, on schedule is a good thing. And that's where we're at. Hopefully next week or, or sometime shortly thereafter, we will get some official word from UC on, on where the process is at. Uh, but that's me reading the tea leaves. That's me knowing where, the, where things have been, where the situation is headed. And as long as things are still happening on the timeline that I originally have been told. And remember, that timeline – five, six weeks ago, was best-case scenario, right? Sure. I mean, best-case scenario, probably with a little bit of wiggle room built into it, knowing that yes, of course. it would be hard, if not almost impossible, to maintain best-case scenario for an extended period of time when you don't know what's going to happen from day to day or week to week. But here's the good news. We're still on the best-case scenario timeline. Sure. So, um, I know it's not much of an update, and I, the reason I haven't written anything on it I think is, it's as much of an – I mean, outside of it, like – It's all the update I can give you. Well, outside of like we talked about earlier, specifically saying 31 staff slash athletes tested positive, what else could we – I mean, there's really nothing – no different than what we've just talked about versus – what other like Notre Dame, ninety-one football players, one positive. Wisconsin, one hundred and seventeen athletes, two positive. There's really no difference in what we said just now versus right. putting out a tweet that says that's what happened and we're moving forward. Like all we don't know is if anybody tested positive, and we kind of both agreed. Like right now, that kind of doesn't matter. I mean, it, it matters, but it's not. It's not. It doesn't matter in the sense of like. Right this is going to keep us from playing football. Right. If that, um, if that happens, 
a month from now and you start having guys not be able to practice and it spreads to the team, that's a different story. But like end of June, this has no bearing, right? In my opinion, I think all these overreactions don't really have a bearing on whether a game is going to get played or not. Right. Um, it, I don't think a decision has been made clearly because it's five weeks, six weeks away and a decision doesn't have to be made. If I had to guess, they'll be at Camp Higher Ground. Um, you're, you are quarantined. Like, <laughs> yeah, you want, I mean, you, it, you're not running the risk of a couple dudes deciding we're not going to play this year because we got hurt and we're right. going to go out with our f- other friends tonight and then come back to practice tomorrow. I'm standing on the sideline next to everybody and get everybody sick. Like you don't have that option. Yeah. Um, two, and I, I never really thought of this, but apparently it's a lot cheaper to keep them out there. The main reason, food. Yeah. Because there's a contract that they have with higher ground, right? Yeah, you've already paid. I mean, it's well, already. I mean, they could. I'm assuming if they if they couldn't go out there, that they could renegotiate the contract. I'm sure they would be be willing, you yeah. know, given the circumstances. But. Um, but you're certainly you're certainly you're going to be spending more money on food. To Keep feed all here. these dudes on campus yeah. versus what you're spending out there. Yeah, because you've already got a negotiated rate, like everything. Um, right, you're doing you know, it, on it multi- probably on multiple-year deals yeah. and, and things like that. Where you're probably getting the food pretty co- close to cost. You know, I'm sure the, 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 the higher ground folks make a little bit of money off that, of course, as you would expect. It's a business. Um, but they've had oh, a, a yeah, great I mean, relationship for so long. Um, but apparently just on food costs alone would be cheaper to go out to higher ground. Now, as I've talked about, that's really bad news for us. Well, we're not going to get to go? Uh, Hide in the woods? (laughs) I'm wondering we can talk them into um, flying a drone every day and giving us access. What about post-practice interviews with the coaches at velvet smoke now that might work there's not an outside section of velvet smoke though so i would be in trouble i've got a we've got a ways to go on the uh there's lots of space at higher ground can't they just we we can get it to go and and eat it at (laughs) um that would that would potentially be bad news for us as i think once they enter that bubble they are going to probably uh, restrict as much as possible who can be there and who can't. And I, I've, I've I been think, tested before. I'll do it again. It wasn't that bad. I, I'm I'm afraid the media might not be involved in those those plans, yeah. or at yeah, least yeah. not not every day, like we've had access to in the past. Sure. I mean, that's and this is kind of the the funny part of you and I talking about that and joking about that is half jokingly I. Wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make an effort to figure out a way to have some level of a media presence. Whereas like other schools are like, this is great because yeah, we already out. don't, we already don't let you guys come anyway. So now we have yeah. built an excuse not to let you come. Like, no, they've been very good with us. I'm not sure how much other, uh, how much our fans understand how our access is so different than most schools in the country. Yeah, I mean, I, I deal with it regularly when talking to other 
24-7 publishers when they ask, like, what's your, what's your spring football access? What's your camp access? Whatever your, we want. <laughs> uh, yeah, all of it. They, like, we, we're there for all of it. And they're like, well, what do you get during, like, the season? It's like, Whatever well, we, we get want. a – Yeah, have a – Well, no, no, I mean – It's once, once a week, but still. That's more than – It's full practice, like – Yeah. Most, most places barely get stretching. Well, you want a perfect example? UCLA last year, right? Oh, yeah. Because trying to follow what was going on on the Bruin Report Online website through camp, there was no actual info because all they saw was stretching and special teams. And, and then like, they got kicked out. And then they got to come back for what? Like the, the interview? Like I don't even yeah. think they got to see the end of practice. Yeah, no, they didn't because like Josh Kelly – we didn't know if he was going to play and I'd be tracking it every day, their practice reports. And they'd be like, yeah, the running backs were on the far side and it looked like he was kind of going through some light jogging with a big knee brace on, but we couldn't really tell because it was too far away and there were too many people in between where we were. And like for you and me, if we want to go see someone, we just walk to the other side of the field and go stand right next to him. So if there's a, a, a small, glitch in the matrix on uh being able to cover camp this year they'll they'll figure out a way for us to get content oh i'm sure we'll do it through zoom or do i mean well yeah but they're not they're coming off two 11 win seasons and being a prohibitive favorite to win the conference they're not gonna let that go to waste because right. of a coronavirus they're gonna pump the program as best that they can so I don't know what that's going to look like, but if I had to guess, um, my guess is they're out there, unless something in the next five, four or five weeks changes. Yeah, drastically. like we talked about previously, once they decided they were going to kind of start on schedule, from a school standpoint, it made sense to go out there. If they had bumped it up earlier, it maybe didn't make as yeah, much. Yeah, if they had to start school August 10th, it doesn't make sense to go out there. But with school starting at the normal time, yeah. Then your schedule only, is free for about you to go a week and a half before the first game. Right. So that that you know, then you're getting whatever a full two to three weeks, depending on how you want to do it out there. Yeah. So that's what I expect. I expect them to be at higher ground. Um, it could change, because I, I mean I talked to three or four different sources that are like, look, man, I'd tell you like where things are at right now. But the way this has gone, if I tell you where things are at right now, it's going to change when I get an email in 20 minutes. Right. So it doesn't do anybody good to talk about where things are at right now because everything is constantly in motion. Well, yeah, because like you're whatever, your fourth wave of guys, say that was like 15 guys. They check in, they get tested, and everything's fine. And then tomorrow they get the results, and 10 of those 15 – tested positive well and means everything's changed right that's another reason why i'm like not really too concerned about whether they tell us anything or not because it could be great and then tomorrow could be terrible or vice versa well and the thing is some of that in the information sharing process some of that is to protect us because they don't want us going public with something we were told today that tomorrow is completely wrong sure 
makes them look bad, makes us look bad. It's not good for anybody. So that's where some of this is coming from. And, and you probably can sense my frustration at times that the flow of information is not, you know, where it normally has been. But that's, I'm not, I'm not writing fluff. I'm not giving you guys a bunch of information that you don't need, that doesn't tell you anything. No, and I don't think anybody's really. I know. To. But there are people out there. There's always going to be people, but I think for the, most, <laughs> for the most part, I think everybody kind of understands if something was bad and we knew and we were allowed to say we would, and if something happens much, much closer to the season, we'll all know because we'll, they'll say it then because yeah. it'll, you know, it'll well, be here's, here's the other thing. If basketball had gotten pushed back and they weren't reporting for another two weeks now, I would yeah. be here telling you something's off. There's your – yeah, there's your sign. Yeah, like that's why I point to that as the evidence that, that things are going well. Because the contrary would be, all right, well, now the basketball guys aren't reporting until after 4th of July weekend, right? Yeah. And then it would be like, oh, boy something's something didn't go as planned through the first phase of, you know, reintegrating to campus. Right. And, and the other thing I, I, I think we don't think about in terms of how the, how Neville Pinto and the president's office is handling this. It's a case study for them, right? Oh, like, uh, this is a, this is a case study on, every level for everybody for on so many things that we take for granted that not even take for granted that we just don't think about right i mean it's a case study on human interaction it's a case study on you know catastrophe dealing with catastrophe you know catastrophic situations like i'm sure no one in their whatever you know john cunningham or neville pinto or coach fickle you know manual has you know, go to chapter 12 when pandemic hits United States, and this is what we're going to do. Like we've, like, we've already written out our, our master plan <laughs> for, for right. when, when pandemic hits United States. They've missed me going to my phone a bunch here. Uh, I got butt dialed by John Brandon in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, that's disappointing. <laughs> I had to pause the podcast, and then Dave had to sit there listening to me go, hello? 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 Do you, I don't even know how, know how you do that with an iPhone anymore. I, I don't. Well, he yells at me all the time because I've got an Android, and he's or got an iPhone. How do you accidentally call someone? I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but, but but I wanted to make sure it, you know, he didn't, it wasn't something yeah. important happening. Gotta, gotta there was nothing, in. there's nothing important happening. It was just a butt dial. So I thought I would share that with the people. <laughs> um, so that's where we're at with UC. Everything seems to be on track. There doesn't seem to be any delays or snags. The football team by and large is on campus. The basketball team is next. Um, we'll continue to track it and we'll, we'll continue to talk to who will, uh, whoever's allowed to talk to us. Um, and we'll, We'll keep you guys updated as much as humanly possible, but I think that's 
that's the big update for right now is things are on schedule and on schedule in a global pandemic where nobody knows exactly what is happening is a very good thing. Yeah. So, so the AAC, you have very different um, feelings on all of this than I do. <laughs> I have started to be concerned a little bit before the Houston stuff because it sounded like Texas was uh, a problem or becoming a problem. Everything's um, bigger in Texas. Yeah. And then Florida, uh, everybody decided that it was vacation season again. And now Florida. Because it is. Yeah. Everybody decided it was fine to take that vacation. Um, and now Florida is having a surge, a bit of a problem. And, boy, when you look around at where the hot spots are in the country, it's Houston, it's Dallas, it's Tampa, it's Orlando, it's New Orleans, it's Tulsa. Uh, Oklahoma is, is surging upward, trending upwards instead of downwards. How much pause does it give you that a lot of UC's conference mates and the teams that UC will need in order to have a schedule to play this year are not doing nearly as well as Ohio and, and where Cincinnati is at? Um, what's less than zero? Okay, you're not concerned? I mean... <laughs> remember, right? remember, uh, I, this caveat, remember, these are decisions that are going to be made by university presidents. Sure, sure. And I, I get all that. I guess I just kind of, like, yes, these number, you know, and I think, unfortunately, something that shouldn't be political in any sense whatsoever, of course, turns has turned political. You know, the, the response to a global pandemic has turned political. But, like, and in, in, I'm sure that someone can listen to this and refute it right away. But I do think like you see some of these numbers that things like the average age is dropping considerably from where we were when this thing started. So even though the numbers are going up in some of these places, the age of the people that are testing positive is going down, asymptomatic numbers, things like that. So part of me looks at it as, well, what did you think was going to happen when it became summertime and these states were reopening because they couldn't possibly continue to stay closed because they, they would just go bankrupt? Well, there's a couple of them that didn't close. Well, true. <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, so is that – Well, I guess where – from a, from a school standpoint and a football standpoint, like, you could have where – where are we in two weeks or three weeks? Yeah, and that's fair because we don't if, know where we're going to be in two or three weeks. all this stuff in Florida and Texas hasn't at least leveled off, then I would start being concerned because then those schools then ha are – talking about, okay, it's still an issue, and now we're going to bring kids back to school from other areas of the country. As few as that might be, in, I mean, I think the vast majority of kids 
at the Florida schools and the Texas schools are probably from Florida and Texas, but you're still, I mean, you're talking about UCF has like 60,000 60, kids. Yeah, 60,000 kids. Even if half of them are from, from Florida, that's still 30,000 kids coming from other areas. That's your question is like, yeah. how do you, it's one thing to isolate 105, 110 football players. You, it's just not possible to do it with a general student population. Um, so, you know, like we talked about at the very beginning, I think a lot of people are just starting to take the tone of it's here. We're going to have to live with it. Let's just do the best we can. But that best we can, can there can be levels of best we can. And if kids or schools or states aren't as a whole doing the best they can, then sure, like it could affect UC because they, you know, if they're supposed to travel to wherever to play a game and the UC people are like, we're not sending our kids there because you, your city is, is, has been out of control for three months. Yeah. My worry is more, do any of those schools bag the season? Well, or here's the, 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 the brunt of it. Nobody in the ACC, AAC can afford to bag the season. So unless something goes absolutely terrible, I would be surprised. They just can't afford to not play a football season. I, I agree. I am. And, and that sounds terrible because you're, you're putting kids at risk who already don't, <laughs> don't have a lot money. of say, in, ha, don't, don't make any money, don't have a say in what's going on. There's no union. You know, I guess theoretically they could all get together and go, we're not playing. Um. But, like, but for the most part, they all want to play. This is what they do. Well, this is what they do, and they're not dumb. They look at the numbers. They look and go, I'm, I'm – there's a much, much greater chance that I could get sick from something else versus this. So I'm going to take the chance that with, with all that they have around them to help them not get the coronavirus, they're going to go, well, I'm definitely going to play. Like, they're not worried about it. So they want to play, but it's just like, you know, you hear numbers, and I don't even know if I believe them, but Alabama talked about if they don't play football this year, it's going to cost the city of Tuscaloosa $2 billion. Nope. And that's Alabama. Yeah. They can afford. (laughs) They theoretically could afford to not play football this year. You think ECU or USF or – Or UC. Exactly, and they're probably in outside of UCF because of the way that the state of Florida works with the state schools. They're probably in the best shape of anybody in the conference, and we yeah. know they can't afford not to play this year. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be interesting if it if we get to the start of camp, and in those places things are still going up because then sure. the school presidents are are going to have a lot of really difficult decisions to make. Um, well, you know, the, the funny thing, I thought about this yesterday. I saw a tweet that reminded me, and I can, I, it, I can only just laugh, but in Ohio, there is still a ban on gatherings of more than 10 people. Yeah. Which, I mean, why? <laughs> but, 
But but that shows you that like we we're all kind of just like mentally way over all of this in that sense of like no it's still there like it's still you know deaths are going down have gone down considerably but people are still getting it and people are still not adhering to what the experts have told us are the are you know your best practices to you know try to keep yourself or others from contracting it but it's it's full steam ahead to try to get life back to some semblance of normal and these schools just I mean, it's an impossible decision. I mean, the right decision would be not to play if you think it's that bad. But then, you know, what are the financial ramifications of that? Yeah. I, I. The difference there being, I don't think presidents look at that in terms of athletics nearly as much as, say, an athletic director does, right? No. But that's still money. That's still money out of money loss. Yeah. Bottom line, whoever, wherever it's coming from. Yeah, it's. Who knows, man? The the thing that that's like obviously this is what's different in the AAC. Nice Sugar Bowl cup. There you go. Um. In most of the P5, you're dealing with college towns. Sure. Or smaller metropolitan areas. Like Columbus isn't what I would call a college town. Oh, no. But it's not Orlando and da- Houston and Dallas. and you Yeah, know, those are top 20. I mean, Houston's one of yeah. the what? Top five populated three or four, in the yeah. Country, yeah. You know, Orlando. I was always shocked by that when I saw that as a it's kid. It's been that way for a while too. A long um, time. Orlando's probably, probably not top ten, but definitely top twenty. I mean, Dallas is is right up there. Philly's up there. So yeah. So that a, for me, like you're not. This thing seems to be. And it's changed some uh, as we're seeing the continuation of the first wave as it morphs. It is impacting some smaller, uh, more rural locations. But the majority of the problems are still in big cities where things are, um, you know, a lot more dense is, I guess, the right word well, yeah, to I mean, look for. There's... And the AAC has to deal with that. Look, more than any other conference, that is something the AAC has to deal with. Because outside of ECU, it's a big city school conference. Right. So that that's where my concern for it is, is the the, the issues, the concerns that they're dealing with are different than any what anybody else is dealing with. That's why they make the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I know there's a lot of concern around the conference. I know there's a lot of people looking around like, hey, are you guys going to get it together so, like, we you can be on our schedule? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because this is – UC can do everything right and 
if an opponent doesn't, and it might not even be the opponent's fault if the whole city that the opponent right. happens to be in. Um, sure. I mean, it's like we said, it's like obviously like nothing we've ever had to cover and or go through. What, what happens hopefully over the next two weeks is we see this thing stabilize again and start to, to go back down. But if it continues to go up for, a, for the next couple of weeks, especially in these hot spots, like what I'm worried about is th- they're going to be put back into quarantine. I don't think you can do that at this point. I don't, I don't know that people are going to listen. That's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is if a mayor puts a city in quarantine, the president of the university in said city can't exactly be like, well, guess what? We're still playing football. Right. So that's part of the unknown that, you know, those challenges are still ahead. Those challenges still lie ahead. The, those, those situations that we don't know of uh, haven't played out yet. So, I mean, it's – I don't know. It, it's hard to get your head around. It's hard to, like, fully, fully grasp, like, the magnitude of all of it, especially – and I know, you know, there, there's – some talk that numbers in in Hamilton County are going back up, but those numbers were pretty low to begin with where in our mind, in our little bubble here, we've done pretty well in terms of keeping numbers low, keeping hospitalizations low. Like obviously it's a little bit easier to social distance uh, in the burbs than, than anywhere else. But it's a little bit difficult to get your brain around because we have done what's been asked of us for the most part. And to see if, you know, it would be really frustrating if, if everything was done right here and UC's football season ends up, you know, being altered or, or whatever comes up down the road and we did our part. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the city did their part. We did everything right. We did what we were supposed to do. And then, you know, there's no football. Like, and it, the, the, the other difficult part for me is like, this isn't like the NFL or the NBA. Like this isn't a pro league where everybody's kind of all in it together. Right. This is very individualistic. This is, you know. Yeah. I mean, everybody <laughs> – is have, looking out for number. You have a hundred and something college football programs that are all writing their protocol on what they think is best right. for them. Where like the NFL has been in lockstep with pretty much everything. Like if you know when things were really bad in New York and New Jersey, things might have been totally fine for the Bengals, but their coaches still couldn't go back to their offices because the Jets and the Giants and the Bills coaches couldn't go back to their offices. Oh, I've heard some stories about college football, bro. Oh, you, you don't think any, you, you think everyone's been, uh, you know, right down the straight and narrow <laughs> teams, teams meeting and coaches basements. Oh, of course. And honestly, a couple times a week. My, my, my first response is, yeah, why wouldn't they be? Who's gonna yeah. who's who's gonna punish them? 
Uh, I, the I guess NCAA? the NCAA or the conference. <laughs> the conference probably would be more likely than the NCAA, I would guess. Right. Because the conference would say, look, everybody else has been doing this the right way, and you guys went rogue. Well. Although, uh, Dave, here's the other thing, though. I'm, I'm for – How much of a difference does it make? Like, if there – how much of a difference is it sitting in your coach's base, head coach's basement than everybody sitting on a Zoom call talking? Exactly. I mean, I, the guys that are going to space out are still going to space out. The I'm, guys I'm that are like super all, dialed in and hungry are still going to be super dialed in and hungry. I'm just all for chaos. So, I mean, <laughs> I like chaos. But, like, yeah, I mean, you know, this is, has nothing to do with UC, but like I read a super interesting article about what the Bengals have done with Joe Burrow and they're using FaceTime calls with Zach Taylor and Burrow, you know, so only he hears the plays. I mean, yeah. What's the difference in doing that or having the offense over at your house? I mean, you're still doing the same thing. Yeah. That's my thing. Like, I don't know how much, but I like chaos. So I want, I want teams to go rogue and be in like fickles backyard running walkthroughs with, you know. (laughs) So did you read the Mike Dyer article? Uh, late last week. Uh, yes, I did. A- any thoughts on some of the things Fick had to say? Not, not particularly. I mean, nothing from from where I. I mean, sit, outside of comparing it to nine eleven and um, comparing the coronavirus to concussions. Well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Those are those. those it, my my take on that one, I, and I talked. I've talked about. I talked about this a lot with Nick. Um, everybody complains about a coach that does nothing but give you coach speak until they have a coach that speaks what he thinks. Sure. You and then they just like, want coach speak. That's my. That's my. It's like you want. We want our athletes and our coaches to tell us exactly what they're thinking until they say something that we don't agree with. Yeah. Which I'm um, like, I want unvarnished no matter what. Just, I, I find it just more enlightening, more interesting. I mean, when you had to listen to Butch Jones for six years in a row coach your teams, <laughs> I will take anything other than that. My my original my my initial thought on it was, what he said in the beginning was really was really good. And, and basically, his stance on everything is, look, they're going to tell me from above. They're going to tell me whether we can go or not. Our job is to have the kids ready to go. Yeah, we're not. No one. I'm no not, one, he doesn't get to make those decisions. He doesn't even no. probably get any say in those decisions, right? Zero. So, look. I mean, well, you, think, you think they're going to, like, uh, the main doctors at UC and Pinto, they're going to come down to Luke's office and be like, Coach, what do you, you know, we're thinking about not playing this week, but what do you think? Right. <laughs> what, what is your data telling you? This is the same guy, Luke Fickle, that wanted to play in a thunderstorm in a game that they were losing by 100 points against UCF. Yeah, because in his mind, you take the field, you don't stop playing until the game's over, no matter what the score is. And there's there's always something to to learn from every second of every situation. There's the long-standing, like, football guy joke. 
right? Football guy, like Luke Fickle is football guy. He's he, like the dictionary definition. Yeah. He grew up that like it, it means everything to him. Uh, outside of his faith and his family, the, he's the three Fs, faith, family, football. That's Luke Fickle. And I don't necessarily – I mean, I think family's probably first. Uh, faith and football, I think, are probably pretty close. <laughs> I think it depends on the day of the week. Right. Saturdays, guess what? <laughs> Sundays, it might be a different answer. But Saturdays? Um, so that was – like, it, 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 it takes you aback instantly when you read – Dealing with this is like dealing with concussions. Well, I think too knowing him, but I know what he like. I know what he meant. I know, yeah. But, I mean, there's nuance when you talk to was, him. Yeah. As much as we talk to him, like I don't think it's black and white comparison of like, oh yeah, this is the same thing. No, what he, like, what he's non- talking about nonchalantly yeah. saying that dealing with the two things are the same. They're not. No, what he was talking about as you dig deeper into it there we have known concussions and like what their impact is we we are continuing to learn more that's where it's kind of like the virus right sure because we didn't learn anything about concussions for a long time <laughs> and then you know 8 to 10 years ago all of a sudden there becomes all this the, the science and the study of it and does it does it create CTE? Does it do this? What the, what's the the result of that? Um, I think that's where he's coming from on that. Is that look? This has been a situation that we know there's risk. We know we're still learning what exactly the risk is, right? Like we're not still even fully sure we understand the magnitude of of concussions and what it means, but. We accept the risk and we go out and we play football. Right. And I think that's where he was coming from on that. The 9-11 thing, I could have done without. That's, yeah. Comparing anything to 9-11, I I don't love. I don't think it's his fault per se, but it's it's not something I would have done. No. I don't think it's any reason to be outraged or like, you know, Luke Fickle's canceled as much as we love cancel culture now. But I do think I probably would not have uh, – I would probably not have gone there. No, I mean, but that's like we said. You want – That's what's going on in his brain. That's what he's you, thinking. And I – you know, honestly, I would rather have that. I, I'd, yeah. I'd, I mean, because if, if you're honest and you just say what you think all the time, you're not going to 100% – say the right thing all the time. You're not going to be perfect every time, right. He'd love to, you know, after he said that or after he read it, he was probably like, man, that was not the right comparison. It's not how I meant it to come out. But I'd much rather have that than some of the stuff that we've heard in the past or you hear when you know it's total BS. Yeah. And you're just like, you just that's a waste of my time. That's a waste of that reporter's time. I mean, you did not say anything. I mean, I remember – And he seems like a great guy and a great coach, but like when I would get ready for teams and watch Matt Rule's 30 minute game week press conference, he and he didn't say anything. Anything. Not a thing. And I'm like, well, thanks, coach. Like, you just somehow talked for 30 minutes and didn't say a damn thing. 
So some I guys look, have I a very take, uh, unique ability to do that. I'll take the the you know the occasional you know misstep versus that stuff. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right. Well, I think we we're successfully uh, close to another hour. I think. Are you are you seriously going to not talk about your Twitter rampages lately? Um, I mean, I don't know what I have to say about them. Like, <laughs> let's let's quit being racist. Like, are we are we? Is it going to be Bearcat Journal Stadium? I mean, no. I I I don't have that kind of cheese. We, I guess I was given wrong information when I started up in this business. <laughs> <laughs> if I had if I had Uke's kind of bread, it maybe would be Bearcat Journal. Yeah, I just like BCJ Stadium. My kind of two cents is is like kind of like why does it matter to you? Not you personally, like you in general. Like my two cents is how the hell did anybody decide that that was a good idea in the first? Place? Well, you know who the damn president was at the time. Yeah, you know yeah. Who the athletic director was at the time. Well, it was like his his parting, his last thing he did before he retired. Yeah. Um, so, which I I would love I would love somebody to ask them like what I'm, were you what were I'm you I'm a big thinking? fan of Bob. He was he was real good to my aunt and real good to me. No, so, Mike Thomas was that was no, Mike Thomas. it was Bob Goins' last deal. Oh, really? Yes, Nancy was. Yeah, I thought that was a Mike Thomas deal. Um, but but just from like a, a fan standpoint, like I I understand there's like all these things are getting canceled and all these monuments are getting taken down. March, March shot's not the hill I want to die on. Exactly. Well, that, and it's just, to me, it's totally different. Someone that just put up some money to get their name on a building versus a historical thing that had like real well, significance. Like if and you I'm, and I had the money and we decided it was going to be Bearcat Journal <laughs> Stadium and then 10 years from now, the university found that, I said something really stupid that I shouldn't have said. And they're like, well, we don't want this on our stadium anymore. What's the, of course, why not? Like, right. It's just, it's and just money. And it's someone's name. I would guess here's the gray area. When it happened, Marge had been dead for two years. It came from the foundation, not from her. The mistake they made was putting her name on the stadium. Because I don't know that that was that like I don't think that was a requirement of the the gift. I yeah I mean I have the gift could have just been a gift and they could have called it whatever they wanted to call it. Right. Or maybe you name it the the Shot Family Foundation Stadium or like whatever like there there was no logical reason for anybody that has a brain to put Marge Schott's name on that stadium and not think this will be fine. They took her major league baseball team from her twice. Yeah. Like be not the only reason they did that was because she was racist. She was racist to the point that major league baseball twice was like, what the hell are well, you doing? Okay. Hold on. Why did they give it back to her? Well, she was suspended twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, 
and then they forced her to sell. I mean, look, that's really the only way you can get like Donald Sterling and when, when have you Trump. ever heard of like, a major no, league like, owner suspended? Like, if anyone gets their teams taken away from them for any reason other than that, you know, it would be like the Bengals or the Browns for ineptitude. But yeah, you don't like. You can they, be the worst owner ever when it comes to putting a team on the field and managing your money and, you know, things like that, but you're not getting your team taken away from you. She got suspended. She came back. They were like, have you, like – Like a nine-year-old. You know, have you learned your lesson? She was like, oh, Hitler was a pretty good guy. He just got a little carried away at the end. He was, he was misunderstood. <laughs> what are you doing? No, of, I, course, I, I, of course you take her name off the stadium. Of I just course. don't – in the in the grand scheme of things, like I've had, I, I've kind of had this saying, like for a buddy in my and me, we are always like, "I'll worry about me, you worry about you, and we'll all be okay." Like this doesn't affect me at all. So no, why do I, don't I care. like not one bit? I've been to less than five games in that stadium. I don't care what they call it. I call it whatever you want, if it, as long as it isn't associated with something terrible. Like, I don't care. Like, right. that's what, that's my whole point of like, this is different than like rewriting history or like, or like it's just, it was a money given to the university. Like, there's no, there's no, she didn't have if they, any. If like, they want it back, give it back. They didn't, they, I mean. They don't want it back. They said they, they even, I mean, just, they basically were like, look, we get it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the other thing. Mom was if, a bad if, guy. If look, her family look, foundation is, is okay with it, then why is anybody else, like, so bent out of shape over it? I mean, I know that it's like – it's like we talked about, the can, you know, the cancel. Yeah. But I just think it's totally different than that. Her like, family was like, look, we loved mom, but she was racist. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, we, lot, we get it. A lot of families have <laughs> have that going on, like – we liked her because she was in our family. <laughs> right. But if she was in your family, I don't know that she would have been so hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, that's, you, you... <clears throat> I, look, I, I don't back down. And I, look, I, some people don't like it, I know. Um, I get really annoyed with the fact that somehow um, speaking out against racism is, is now political. Uh, I explained this on Mo's show today. Um, I'm independent. I, I don't like either side. <laughs> I, I think they've all done a terrible job governing yeah, no, this country. No kidding. So I'm, I'm not taking a shot at your side. Well, and I think you, too- you, you can have your, your side over here and you can have your side over here. And I'm standing in the middle going, I think both of you are doing it wrong. For some people, I just think they look at it as, all of this is the same, and I don't look at it that way at all. I I don't look at UC changing the name of their stadium the same as people that want to rename Columbus, Ohio. Flavortown. I'm down with that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in on Flavortown. I'm down with Flavortown, but like, you know what I'm saying? Here's like, my other question: Like, if they they're not the same, like there is no. nuance, there is difference, like yes. I am not for tearing down all these monuments and stuff because I feel like 
are we going to just like forget that any, like we're just not going to acknowledge anything bad's ever happened. Like there's no history anymore. No, see, I'm, I'm on, uh, not shockingly. I'm on the other side of tearing down Confederate monuments because those assholes lost. Right. Sorry. I'm fine with that. But like, okay. Are we just saying then that like none of this stuff ever happened? No, you can still teach it in history books. I don't think there should have been monuments to those guys up in the first place. They lost. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't build statues for losers, Dave. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm you know what I'm saying, Mike. I, I, I know, but you know like that's that's I joke around about it, but there's not a statue of Dave Shula down at Paul Brown Stadium. Oh. They, they should have one of him, Bruce Coxlet. <laughs> no, ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, that's that's that people are going to get mad at that. So I'm I'm going to stop now before no, it's I. Okay. They, it's okay. It, it's a conversation if you can have it. With, that's the whole point of having uh, conversation is you should be able to talk to people that you don't agree with without the crap that we see. Um, like the guy like, today that, that, that told me I should stop talking about race relations because I should care for my wife with cancer. You can't do both? Um, if I could have jumped through the computer and and punched someone, I had to walk I just, away. I just don't like how it's, things have become like, I don't agree with you. I'm not going to listen... I'm not going to try to listen to you and understand you. I'm just going to like totally disregard everything you're saying and try to cancel you. And then because, make, I, because I don't agree with you. Right. I mean, I, you know, people have their opinion. That's fine. My, my, my stance has been, let, let's work on day by day being a little less racist. And I, I don't think that is a, um, I don't think that's an outrageous ask. No, just be not, just be nice. Like, right. Wh- why is that so hard? Just like be nice and be good and treat people like just, you don't even have to treat people great. Just treat them decent. Like don't treat them like shit. Right. Like, <laughs> like I'm not exactly nice to everybody. Like I know you're not, but like I don't treat. I have anybody. a delightful personality. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't treat anybody just like <laughs> downright terribly for no no reason whatsoever. Like I'll treat you like crap if you prove to me that you're a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, if you show me you're you're a piece of crap, then you you get treated like a piece of crap. What's the what's the saying? Um, when someone shows you who they really are, believe them. Yeah, I'm big on that. So a lot of people that have showed me who they really are on on Twitter recently. Uh, Whatever. That's why people should get off Twitter. Yeah, I felt that a little bit today. <laughs> like, okay, been... now I get now I get why it's so many. Because here's the thing that people don't like get about me, and you know this. Do- I've been doing that for the last month and it feels fantastic. You know this about as well as anybody. 90% of the time when I'm arguing on, with someone on Twitter, what am I doing? Just being an ass. Well, no, I'm laughing because it, yeah, like, it genuinely entertains That's me. what I mean. Like we're just being asses. Like, yeah. We're doing it for our own amusement of like when I say stuff about UConn or the comp like I'm just doing it because I'm I want to laugh at something myself I don't really care if anybody likes it or not (laughs) right 90% of the time that's you know this this situation's been a little different because it is serious like there's 
there's stuff that's been going on for a long time that, that we should probably stop doing. Like treating a race of people uh, not equally. I, I think that's bad. And if I'm, I'm too political and, and people don't want to hear that, well, I mean. I, it just kind of goes back to, I don't know how that, I mean, if, we've, fig, we've figured it out a way, but I don't understand how that is a political, political thing. I mean, yeah. that'd be like. Everything is. You and I are short. If people treated short people for hundreds of years the way people have treated black people, like that's what that's going to be political all of a sudden. Like, yeah. Well, the 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 people on the left are taller, um, so they're the ones those, that those bastards. I... <laughs> the people on the right are the short people, so they're they're height tolerant. <laughs> oh, you and I are both very, very screwed. Then, yeah, I'm. I am. I'm high challenged. Getting any taller anytime soon? I, I'm not. I'm not uh, wide challenged. <laughs> I'm doing all right there. Yeah, it's the height that's the problem. All right. Well, you got me to talk about that on the podcast, even though I didn't want to. Then I probably going to lose some more Twitter followers. It'd probably be good for you. Probably. <laughs> the ones I'm losing, I got a strange feeling, Dave. Might not miss them too much. Yeah. I liked the one guy the other day who, like, after a good solid back and forth was like, oh, yeah, and UC stinks. He got blocked. It's like, why are you following me to begin with? The funny thing is, a lot of them don't follow me. They just somehow, like, they jump just, in because someone yeah. retweets something or something? Yeah, I don't know how exactly. I guess maybe I'm in a conversation with somebody they follow, or I, yeah. I don't know exactly how it happens. But most of them have under 75 followers and don't follow me. But they find me. They always find me. <laughs> I don't have a lot of interactions with people that I don't follow. It's one thing I... I'm not real. I don't really understand. I know. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I know it's it's a lost cause. I know it doesn't do any good, but I can't help myself. I got a lot to say, and I. That's the fun of it. I never know. I never like when I go to sleep at night. I'm always like, can't wait to see what Chad did, did while I was asleep when I wake up. It's not all the time. It's pretty it's been consistent all, lately. Right it's been. <laughs> yeah, right now it's been pretty consistent. Um, pandemic has got me uh, <laughs> got me chatty. Quarantine has got me a little chatty, Dave. But yeah, well, we're only three plus months into this thing. Yeah, I got like six more to go. I can't. I can't really blame you there. I've got at least six more to go, but we got it for those that have followed my my family saga. We we got a treatment plan. That's good for Kelly. Um, treatment starts here in about three weeks and uh, lasts about six months. I have been approved to go to football games. As long as I wear, I got to wear a football. Because I was wondering if I was going to have to actually like do work at the games. We, we might have had to have someone else. Look, I'd never ask that. I, I'll make Brett work before, before I ask that of you. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
based on everything that's that's happened, if I get to go to games, there would have been a 0.0% chance that I would be useful for anything that has to do with yeah. journalists. We got it. Like, we got we got hey. it under control, brother. We got it under control. All right, we're well over an hour now, and I need hear that. My four roses is empty. Yep, Rachel's Rachel apparently can hear me telling me to rain rain it in. So <laughs> I'm in for my legger Thursday and Friday, three to six. Uh, I'm also uh, doing Cincy 360 with Tony Pike Sunday from noon to one. I'm going to ask him if his Sunday, Sun, Sunday. Oh, Friday, I mean, Friday, <laughs> noon to one. I don't know where Sunday came from. Um, I'm going to ask him if his 2019 would mop the floor with the 2020 or 2020 version of the Bearcats. I want to know how many picks he would throw um, facing Sauce and Wiggins. Mop the floor. Forest. That, that's – too bad we're getting to this at the very end because I probably have some thoughts on that. Well, I'll talk to Tony about it Friday, and maybe we'll discuss it next week with 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 the uh, vantage point of Tony's thoughts. Yeah, maybe we'll have Tony on the podcast next. He's getting me to come in Friday to do this um, this show with him. Yeah, kitty, kitty. Um, maybe next week we'll get Tony on the podcast and we'll talk twenty twenty versus two thousand nine. How about that? How about that? That'd be good. All right. It'd be quite a matchup between uh, Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman. That would be. Well, that, that, that's going to be good to talk about. So I'll, I'll talk to Tony Friday. We'll get that set up for some time next week. And uh, if you've listened this far. Sorry. You're a fucking trooper. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> we'll see you next time. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the BCJ Podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail here on BearcatJournal.com.